What is good? Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast, our weekly fantasy football deep sleepers and waiver wire ads podcast coming at you early in the week. As always, I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist sitting here with former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer and my co-host slash father and also a man who recently destroyed his son in fantasy football this weekend, Mr. Alan Dell. How, how you doing? Congratulations on the big win. You killed me, man. Yeah. Show, show a little mercy on your son over here. Come on now. It was just routine. I just, just hope routine. we can win I know what you're doing. Mr. Alan Dell missed his first pick of the draft because he couldn't figure out how to set up his fantasy football app. Oh, and lucked in the took got Saquon Barkley with the number one pick. Absolutely destroyed me this weekend. Not to mention Aaron Rodgers going ham bone crazy in the second half of that Lions game throwing for a crap ton of passes, and our boy Marquez Valdez-Scanling, USF South Florida Bulls alum with the Big Fantasy Day. We'll get into that in a little bit. But basically how we're doing this is deep sleepers on the fantasy football waiver wire this week. This is players owned in just less than 25% of leagues. So 25% is the threshold, either that number or below. And then talking about some deep sleepers, guys owned in less than 1% of fantasy football leagues, whether it's standard or PPR scoring. Take it position by position. I'll give you my top three to five at each position at the quarterback position. The signal signal caller and Mr. Allendell's boy used to cover him as the Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, Mr. Allendell, Mr. Jameis Famous Winston. Jameis Winston owning just 12.5% of leagues, although he has a ton of upside stepping into that offense with a ton of playmakers with the guys around him at receiver. Ronald Jones at running back could have some upside as well on passing downs for Jameis Winston on third downs as well. Like I said, 12, 12.5% of leagues, he's most likely available in yours unless you're in a four-team, six-team, or two-quarterback league that's bigger. I think he's my number one pickup right now looking at guys less than 25% owned. Yeah, you got guys like Joe Flacco and Ryan Tannehill. I don't know how much upside they offer you. I think Jameis Winston and the Bucks could be trailing big in a lot of games, which means junk time points and throw, 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 throw the ball, and that equates to a lot of fantasy points. Point Jameis well Winston, taken. maybe not a great regular, normal NFL quarterback, but it could be a really, really good fantasy quarterback. What are your thoughts, Mr. Allen Dell, on that one? Well, the only – I mean, I'd stay I'd stay away from Winston, but you made the point. He does – most of his numbers come when the Bucks are behind. Word. And, and uh, teams are playing prevent defense, and he's throwing a lot of passes underneath. But otherwise, I'd stay away from him. If that's what you want to try to get your points on, you can. I mean, they're going in Atlanta that's – Real and bad, one and four record, and I think Atlanta's going to be sky high, and I think Atlanta's going to romp over the Bucks. All right, so a, a well, little. Then again, so Winston may put up a bunch of numbers. Look, it, I I I already drafted Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, but if you're struggling at quarterback and you got guys that are being up and down, I mean, look at Marcus Mariota for example. Right? He's got he, two TDs he, and four he, interceptions. He, he, he had last week. People were saying, "Oh, he's back, thirty point four fantasy points." Goes for 4.2 fantasy points, throws for 129 yards. In three out of Mariota's first four games that he's played this year, he's thrown for 130 yards or less. That's absolutely terrible. Yeah, but he's been hurt too. And, and, yeah, you know, but still, come on, you know, man. He had a drop touchdown. Nick Williams, who I think ought to be fired, dropped a pure touchdown pass in the Titans game. I mean, it was like a 
throw you make in the backyard. You're making me look bad, man. Well, let's just not put it all on Mariota, right? Guys like Ryan Tannehill, who was on the rise the first three weeks, had a zero-point stat line in fantasy week four against New England, only 7.1 points against Cincinnati this past weekend. Derek Carr flashed big a few weeks back. Now he went back down to earth. Only one really good game on the schedule for him through five games. Honestly, my next two guys, and I'm only going to stick to three here, Eli Manning. The guys since week one against Jacksonville, and Jacksonville does it to a lot of quarterbacks, makes them struggle, that is. He's had at least 13.5 fantasy points in every game. He's had 19-plus fantasy points in two out of the last three games, had 19.2 against Carolina. And this is another case similar to Jameis Winston. The Giants are going to be trailing in a lot of games this season, which means they're going to throw. And having Saquon Barkley as that – uh, security blanket, so to speak, that check down option in the passing game is going to enable Eli Manning to get a lot of easy yardage and, and pad his stats a little bit. So, you know, he had a season high 326 passing yards this past weekend. He's actually cut down on in his interceptions. He had two this past weekend, but that's his most he's ever had this season. That was actually his first since week, first interception since week one. He went three straight games in between week one and week five without any interceptions. So, Eli Manning is actually playing halfway decent football this year. My third one would be C.J. Beathard, who's actually surprisingly been just as good, if not better, than Jimmy Garoppolo in his two starts for the San Francisco 49ers. 17.8 points last week, 20.7 against Arizona. Beathard is owned in, let's see, 3.1% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. And then talking about Manning, he's only owned in 10.8%. And if you want to throw... Uh, a couple guys out there with upside. I think Sam Darnold could be getting on the right track. He had a good game. Even though his yardage is still staying under that 200-yard range, so you got to count on the touchdowns for him. Darnold, a decent day with 18.4 fantasy points against Denver. Three touchdowns to support that. And, and I'll give you your boy Josh Rosen. He's playing well, but his numbers st- still aren't fantasy startable yeah, well, numbers. Yeah, got him back. You know, they're, they're, they, they won't cut him loose. So. Yeah, well, you know, they cut him loose on that first play, and he threw yeah. the 75-yard touchdown pass to Christian Kirk. They were buddies uh, in high school and in college as well, trained a lot together before they got to the NFL. Look, Josh Rosen, 12.5 and 10.5. That's not going to cut it for fantasy, but he does look like a good quarterback. And I think upside is there, although tough matchups with him at Minnesota next week, in week six, that is, and then at home against Denver. Good matchup at home against San Francisco in week eight. He just played them, obviously. So two touchdowns, no interceptions, 350 yards. That'd be good for one game, but he's done he's done that in two games combined. So I need to see a little more statistical production from Rosen before I want to consider him as a fantasy quarterback. And I mentioned Joe Flacco. Look, the Browns defense might be one of the best in the league this year, especially the secondary. Denzel Ward is going to be shadowing a lot of times the opposing team's best receiver. He really shut down John Brown and took away Joe Flacco's deep ball. Joe Flacco has given you double digits every single week this season, but he had a season-low 11.2 points this past weekend against the Browns. Still 298 yards, but his first game with no touchdowns. So I I still think Flacco is a good option, owned in 20.7% of leagues. What? (laughs) What an idiot. Moving on to running back. And I think it's time we start to think about stashing some guys with us side. you got Ronald Jones coming off the bye, USC rookie running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Get away from me, a little shit. Well, he got his first game action, and if he's out there for a team that's getting blown out every week, they might have no other choice but just give him the ball and see what happens, try to give him some gain experience. Maybe he breaks off a long 
run or two, you know, each and every, you know, every other week maybe for the Bucks. So he, he does offer young speed, raw kind of explosiveness. Yeah, he might be a crappy blocker. He might not be a good pass catcher. But maybe he learns that. Maybe they give him the leash to learn how to do these things. There's not that many options on the waiver wire when you're looking right now at guys owning less than 25%, especially I, I, at running back. I got an old war horse. Well, how about LeGarrette Blunt? He had 14.2 fantasy points, two touchdowns. That's yeah, what dropped by our field. boy Sergio this past week. But let me ask you this. Are, are you ever going to confidently start LeGarrette Blunt in your, in your starting fantasy lineup? You never know. You never know. You know who, you know who he's like? He's like your, your favorite ex-fantasy player, goal line touchdown dependent Mike Tolbert, right? So you think Blunt is, is Blunt going to be a guy you're targeting, Mr. Allendale? If I have a bad week, uh, you know, teams have buys and all my players are gone, I might use them. I got a couple of good running backs, but uh, they're going to have a buy. None of my buy games have come up yet. So. Okay, so I'm going to help you out, Mr. Allendale, here. I would think about – I would consider LeGarrette Blunt. Right, LeGarrette Blunt. What about Frank Gore? If Frank Gore is not, not available in our league, but he is available in, in only 13.2% – of leagues and look i mean his numbers aren't going to pop out the screen at you but he's had double digit carries in the last two games he's out carrying Kenyon drake almost two to one sometimes three to one so he's getting the work and and at the goal line they're going to go to him too so frank gore's had at least five fantasy points in every game this year he's more of a non-ppr standard scoring option doesn't catch as many passes and offer that pass catching upside like Kenyon drake does but he, he's he's a, he's not the worst option, to say the least, on the waiver wires. And I'm going to give you two more real quick. You saw him Sunday Night Football, Alfred Blue, if Lamar Miller remains injured. This guy's going to see a heavy workload. He had almost 20 fantasy points this past weekend. And, look, Lamar Miller might be healthy next week. It might be the starter again. But he's a guy to maybe stash, even though they do have another guy I, I, I would consider adding maybe even more than Blue would be Deontay Foreman. And Deontay Foreman was a rookie last year, showed a ton of upside, then tore his MCL. He's just coming back off that injury. They're activating him next week off the PUP list. He's a guy I've mentioned. He's a guy I've mentioned the last couple of weeks. And I think now is the time to finally jump on him where you only have to wait a week until he's back and our, and to play on the field. For running back, I like Mike Davis from Seattle. He's had two good games back-to-back. Uh, I think he'd be a really good choice. Yeah, and you never know what Pete Carroll's going to do at running back. Huh? Yeah. Your boy Rashad Penny, you he's drafted not, he him. Didn't play, you know, he didn't play at all. Is, is Rashad Penny a cut? Is he is he, drop, is he droppable right now? If I can, if I can get Mike Davis on him. Uh, Rashad Penny only played on special teams this past weekend. So even if Chris Carson's hurt, we all thought it would be Rashad Penny getting the work, and that's the narrative right now is that you know Pete Carroll just doesn't want to play the rookie. It's, you know, for whatever reasons that is, pass protection, whether he doesn't know the plays as well enough as the veteran guys. Mike Davis has played well. I agree with you. He was the next on my list. Last two on my list here I'm going to give you, and this is one – I'm going to throw three players into one, which is any Eagles running back that's available that could potentially be the starter. Jay Ajayi was put on IR. Already had a fractured back. Fumble – lost a key fumble in the loss of Minnesota this past weekend – the Eagles have the ability to have a potent offense, but Carson Wentz still getting back to form after his injury. So you had guys like Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood has produced when he's gotten the work this season. He's owned in 7.5% of leagues. He's had over 18 points in two out of the last three weeks. Last three weeks, he's had at least eight points every single week. Wendell pay, Smallwood's uh. had fantasy-relevant games in past years. Not to mention Darren Spoles still on the mend. He's injury prone, but if he's out there, he can get a lot of work on passing downs. And they have the rookie running back who's gotten a little bit of work, but not enough yet, which would be Josh Adams. And maybe Josh Adams is the guy they think has the physical abilities to be their first and second down back before they put a guy like Smallwood or Corey Clement or Darren Sproles in there. 
And then my long shot, deep, deep, deep sleeper, Kyle Juszczyk for the San Francisco 49ers. My boy Matt Breda was injured again my this past man. weekend. This guy gets injured almost every body part he has. He's just too small to be an every down back, which is unfortunate, seems like right now. He avoided a high ankle sprain, but he will be out for at least the next week to two weeks, maybe even longer. Alfred Morris is going to be the guy getting the work on the running, but C.J. Beathard loves throwing to his running backs, and fullback Kyle Juszczyk was targeted a lot this past weekend. I'll give you the exact numbers for Kyle Juszczyk. Like I said, owning 0.8% of leagues. He had seven catches last weekend on uh, six catches on seven targets for 75 yards, and he will continue to be used. The fans of San Francisco love this guy. He's a fullback, but for fantasy-wise, he's listed as a running back. So those are the guys running back that I would target. And then wide receiver, there's, there's just so much depth. There's so many wide receivers to target. You saw it tonight in the uh, Monday Night Football. We're, we're putting this out, this podcast out Tuesday. We're recording it Monday night. The Monday Night Football game, Saints beat the Redskins 43-19. to 19. And, and just to speak on that game just a little bit, I mean, you saw the, the Saints and Drew Brees. I mean, he, he's got so many options in the passing game. Cameron Meredith in this game, five catches for 71 yards, tied Michael Thomas in targets with five on the team. Traquan Smith, the rookie, we've been talking about this kid almost all season long as a potential breakout. First real game action of the season, three catches, 111 yards, two touchdowns on just three targets. So maybe not getting the target volume, but he's got the upside ability as long as Ted Ginn remains injured with that knee injury that he has. Traquan Smith and Cameron Meredith, both guys at target. This week, any other receivers, Mr. Allen Dell, or are you, are you set a receiver this week? Or any, any guys you got your eye on? If you want to go for Philip Dorsett in our league, that's up to you. Uh, so you're trying to throw me off and get, <laughs> have me get a guy not worth picking up, huh? I, I'll give you Willie Sneed. I'll give you Willie Sneed. Huh? He, he's had a pretty much – I think he's leading, actually, the Ravens in targets this year. And he's just that security he's had, blanket he's option. He's had uh, double-digit fantasy points four out of five weeks. He's so. the most unsexiest, best player available on the waivers when it comes to our league and when it comes to many leagues, that is. I mean, you you, just, you can't deny what Willie Sneed is doing right now, and, and he, he uh, passes that threshold for, for us, right? We're talking – I'm trying to look at Willie Sneed right now. What's his official ownership with the Ravens? And, and Joe Flacco is going to have to pass the ball a lot. They're really struggling – to run the ball over there. Willie Sneed, just less than 8% of leagues he's owned. And like you said, four out of five games, he's had double digits. His worst game was 6.9 points. I just started Will Fuller this past week, and he got me three and a half fantasy points. So you talk about Willie Sneed. But it, Will Fuller was double digits the whole season. Yeah, he, he had a down game. His hamstring injury may have been bothering him a little bit. They've had the emergence of Kiki QT. If he's available in your league, he's my number one wide receiver owned in less than 25% of leagues, 19.6%. I didn't get him last week. Someone snagged him on the first round of waiver pickups. You kidding Ryan me? Grant from the Colts, Chester Rogers. If uh, T.Y. Hilton is still hurt, Chester Rogers, 7.4% owned. Ryan Grant, 23.6% owned. Taylor Gabriel coming off the bye for the Bears. He had a huge game against the Bucks last weekend. He's just owning still in less than 15%. Dante Moncrief, 13% of leagues. We mentioned Christian Kirk with Josh Rosen, that connection they had pre-NFL. Now they're doing it in the NFL together. Christian Kirk looking like the best receiver for Arizona right now. A lot of junk time points could come his way with the Cardinals trailing in a lot of games, 11.4%. And just a few, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, I mentioned him last week as a very deep sleeper. He was owning less than 0.5% of leagues, now owned in 3.2% of leagues, so still extremely low owned. Almost had two touchdowns this past weekend. 
put up almost 20 fantasy points. I should have started him over a guy like Will Forrell, even John Brown for that matter. But Valdez Scanlon, if either Cobb or Allison are still hurt for the Packers, this guy, he's seeing first-team reps in practice. They spent a fifth-round draft pick on him. He's got the physical abilities. He's earned Aaron Rodgers' trust seemingly after this game. Valdez Scanlon, you saw him play in college, Mr. Allendell. What, what do you think about his prospects yeah, moving well, forward? He's a fifth-round draft choice, got good hands, decent speed, good size. No, he's a good choice. Well, they said he didn't do a lot in college. It's statistical production there. Well, Quentin Flowers ran a lot. Scanlon maybe didn't fit into the offense that much. I thought he did very well. I thought he was their best receiver yeah, last year. he definitely was. I, I've heard a few fantasy analysts say, oh, he didn't really do much in college, but well, he, he was playing with a run-first quarterback, Quentin Flowers, that is, that you mentioned, at USF. And despite that, he was still their best receiver while he was there. And he's got the physical size and speed to be an impact player, especially with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that that obviously boosts his value that much more. Uh, Just a few guys to rattle off here. John Ross for the Bengals, he's banged up right now, but he he provides that deep threat. And with the way Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green have been playing, not to mention Eifert down for the season, they need more options than the Cincinnati passing game. He's a good guy to stash upside ability later on in the season as he gets more experience and more work. We talked about Willie Sneed. Albert Wilson for the Dolphins, the guy saw a lot of routes and a lot of snaps this past weekend. He has big play upside, and even on a bad day, he still gives you at least six points in fantasy. So he's had a couple almost 20-point games, uh, one 20-point game. I, I think he's got, he's got good home running ability with the right matchup. I think you could plug Albert Wilson in there, and they like to use him all over the field. They signed him that big contract. Uh, DJ Moore, rookie receiver for the Panthers, had a good game this past weekend, but what worries me about him, he's still like the fourth, fifth best option on that team for Cam Newton. So he's got upside, but I think a lot of inconsistency if you go with him. One guy that surprises me that makes this list, and I, I've been a big fan of him for years, is Martavis Bryant with the Raiders. Cocaine's he's had at least drug. five points in all four games he's played this year. Has had, had 10.1 this past weekend, dropped a touchdown last week. He had three catches for 91 yards. His stock's going up. And all the other teams that the Raiders are playing, they're, they're focusing on Amari Cooper. And Jordy Nelson's starting to see success. That could open up those outside lanes for Martavis Bryant to use his speed. So I think if you're desperate, if you're in a deep league, and we're talking about deep sleepers, Martavis Bryant, he's owning 3.1% of leagues. Lastly, to wrap this receiver thing up, four guys that are owned in less than 0.5% of leagues that are worth picking up. Trent Taylor for the San Francisco 49ers, big game this past weekend. He might be their only healthy receiver for the next couple weeks. Adam Humphreys, we talked about him as a very deep sleeper last week. That's Jameis Winston's favorite target in the Bucks passing game. David Moore, two touchdowns, second-year young receiver, small school guy for the Seattle Seahawks, could be their number two receiver with Doug Baldwin dealing with a knee injury all year. And then Josh Reynolds for the Rams. So wait and see if Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup, if, if either one of them or both of them are out this week, still dealing with concussion issues, Josh Reynolds is a young guy who get in there and re- really do some damage as a high upside flyer type of pick. Just wait to see what the health status is of those guys. I'll Tight end, last skill position player for our deep sleepers and waiver wire ads. Number one, hands down, he's not available in our league. We still we play in a 12-team league. But if he's available in yours, go grab him, Cameron Brait, especially with O.J. Howard still hurt for the Bucks. This is Jameis Winston's hands-down favorite target in the passing game, especially in the red zone. They signed him to a big extension this past offseason. Cameron Brait owning 16.6% of leagues. We talk about Jeff Swaim, the new big tight end target for the Dallas Cowboys. He's been playing really well. He had, he had a good game on Sunday Night Football. He, he's not going to jump out on, on the stat line at you, but – 
Jeff Swaim's had at least eight and a half fantasy points the last three weeks in a row. He had 9.7 in week three, 12.9 in week four, 8.5. He's seeing the targets. He's getting at least three catches a game. Every game that he's gotten work in, he's a good guy in a, in a tight end wasteland that we've seen this season, owning just 7.3%. C.J. Uzuma, 10.2% owned. Tyler Croft, their other tight end, he got hurt this past weekend, so more snaps, more targets for Uzuma. In the near future, Nick Vanette's the only tight end option in Seattle, owning just 3.3% of leagues. And then Ryan Griffin for the for the Houston Texans, he actually saw his biggest target workload of the year, six catches, 65 yards on Sunday night for his season-best 12.5 fantasy points, still no touchdowns on the year for him. And then as I'll, last guy, kind of honorable mention, I'll still mention Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz is shown to, been, shown to have been injury-prone a little bit in the past. If he gets banged up at all, that's going to be a big target for the tight end position in terms of Wentz throwing in the ball. Dallas Goddard, rookie tight end out of South Dakota State, already with one big game on the fantasy season. But he's not going to do much as a number two tight end. If Ertz ever went down, he would be a huge guy to pick up if you don't already have him stashed on your bench. And I'm just going to throw out, this is the worst position of the week in terms of Guys like me, fantasy owners, like the stream defenses, guy, defenses that are owned in 25% or less. I'm going to cheat a little bit here. There's, there's one defense that's owned in 26.7% of leagues, the Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah, and they actually did pretty good. They held the Houston Texans to, what, less than 20 points in a loss. So the Dallas Cowboys defense has been playing pretty well this year, and they play at home to the Jaguars. Oh, if you saw the Jaguars yeah. on the road this past weekend against Kansas City, You'd be licking your chops for any defense that wants to go up against Blake Bortles, He's who seemingly throws a pick six almost every single game, leads the league in pick sixes over the last two years. He offers that upside for a defense playing him. I think Dallas' defense is good, and I think they did a good job of keeping Deshaun Watson in check. Only 19 points allowed on Sunday Night Football with an interception, with a fumble recovery in that game. A couple other defenses maybe worth streaming. Miami at home against Chicago. Chicago's coming off the bye, but – Trubisky, I don't know if I'm that big of a believer in him yet. Pittsburgh playing at Cincinnati. Dalton has less ability without that main cog of Tyler Eifert in the passing game. And I think the Bengals at 4-1, those are my beloved Bungles. This is the type of game where they usually fall flat in their face, including the quarterback, Andy Dalton. I think Pittsburgh defense, <laughs> Pittsburgh's defense can actually come into Paul Brown Stadium here and have a really good fantasy day. I won't touch that game fantasy-wise, but... I think that could be a really good option there if you really need a defense. And then how about against at the Jets? The Indianapolis Colts are banged up. I get it, but they're playing against Sam Darnold. And I don't know if the Jets' offense is going to have a good game two weeks in a row after they tore up Denver's defense this past weekend. I wouldn't put it past them. Oh, Atlanta man. Falcons, I know their defense has been banged up too, but they're playing at home against the Bucks. And I think there's a lot of interceptions coming for Jameis Winston in his first full game back as a starter. What about up And then the last one, this is the team I might even pick up. Buffalo at Houston, Buffalo's owning 2.9% of fantasy leagues, but they haven't been that bad the last couple of games. The Buffalo Bills, they actually they held the Vikings, obviously, in check a few weeks back. They held the Titans in check this past week. They had 13 fantasy points, 16 points in week three, 15, 13 points in week five. They play at Houston and at Indy. Those are those are two decent fantasy game fantasy matchups for fantasy defenses there. So some defenses were streaming, although I would say this is the worst week so far this year for streaming defenses, especially defenses owned in such a low percentage of leagues. 
And a couple guys at kicker there are doing really well. Kareem Fairbarns had double digits for the Houston Texans four weeks in a row now. Cody Parkey is one of the top kickers in fantasy coming off the bye for Chicago for the Chicago Bears who will stall a lot in the red zone. He's only owning 7.2% of leagues. Dallas's kicker looks like a good option right now. Not to mention Cairo Santos for the Rams until Greg Zerline comes back healthy. Cincinnati's kicker Randy Bullock and then Tennessee Titans kicker suck up 20.3% on. I'm surprised that's not higher for him. And I mean that, that that pretty much wraps it up with everyone. We we tried to get at least five guys in at every position. Obviously, receivers super deep. Oh, so I, if you're good, if you really need something oh, at a certain so position, deep. whether it's running back, tight end, quarterback, go after those positions first. Save your wide receiver pickups for maybe after your claims go through. You can always drop somebody you picked up off the waivers and get a receiver later in the week. There are that many options at wide receiver. Mr. Allendale, did I miss anybody? No, you more than covered everything. More than you covered everything. Is, home, you definitely did your homework. Is that, I'm helping you out, even even though you whoop, even though you whooped my ass in fantasy this past weekend. I'm still showing you love and giving you some insight here, man. So give me give me this, Mr. Allendale, to Saquon Barkley. If you could go back and do it all over again, would he be your number one fantasy running back? I think he would be over uh, Todd Gurley. Oh no, I would have taken Gurley. Taken, they're, they're about even anyway, so I would it have seems taken Gurley, like it. no doubt about it. Yeah, Todd Gurley, that's you know, he's the he's about the only good draft pick I had this year. Let's just say that. Number two pick. Thank God the guy behind before me at number one took Le'Veon Bell, because I would have taken if Gurley wasn't available, I would have picked David Johnson. He's a pedantic, pontificating, pretentious bastard, a belligerent old fart, a worthless steaming pile of cow dung. <sighs> Figuratively speaking. And that wouldn't have worked out so good. Let's just say that. Alvin Kamara, I don't know about him. We'll see. He had a low output Monday Night Football with Mark Ingram back in the mix now. Maybe his value dips a little bit. It's interesting to see how the Saints can incorporate both those backs. What do you think about Drew Brees, Mr. Allen? I'm surprised he didn't get him this year. He's broke the record, man. Most touchdown passes, huh? Yeah, and he's, uh, he's really about 5'10 when you look at him, according to Booker McFarland, who said he's – Six feet and was standing next to Breeze, and he can't be more than 5'10". So. Wait a minute, I ain't coming over. Uh, I'm really over happy for him. He's a good guy, great. Uh, he almost didn't play, too. He had that injury when he was with the Chargers. Uh, but he, but he, he came through, and he's a great quarterback. Drafted in the 10th round in fantasy. Can you believe his value dipped that low? After last year, he had a yeah, low uh, passing year last year. that much last Because their defense was so good, and they could run the ball. Yeah. It's, I think that was a – People slept on Drew Brees this this year. I'm myself included as one of them, but you know, definitely hats off well, to Drew Brees. Backs you know. in our league have, have become very valuable. I, I really disagree. A lot of people say you you wait, wait, wait for the later rounds to pick a quarterback. It's pretty nice to have a guy that's going to get you 25 points a game, <laughs> or 25 fantasy points. It's coming from the guy who owns Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That, that that's definitely true in your case, right well, there. Well, you know, there's guys in fantasy right now who, I mean, even just looking at this past week, you know, when you look at quarterback, you know, there's certain guys who are just too up up and down on the year. I mean, Russell Wilson's been struggling real bad this year. He's only had 20 points in one game this season. He looked good uh, yesterday, I thought. He he looked looked good, but he still only had 19.9 fantasy points, so the upside's not there like it was last year. He's been a guy that's known to come on strong second half of the season. Wentz has come on 20-plus the last two weeks in a row. Philip Rivers, your boy, he's there. He's had 21-plus in four out of five weeks. His low week's been 17. Uh, Big Ben's been putting in the work this fantasy season. Andrew Luck, obviously Brady and Breeze, Rodgers, those guys up there seemingly as always. Uh, Case Keenum, surprising good week, 21 points after struggling on Monday Night Football against Kansas City. But that does it and wraps it up here. 
Shout out to my boy Marquez Valdez Scantling, aka MVS, now known amongst many a many fantasy analysts after this past week, and I think he could have another big game next Monday night against San Francisco 49ers. That wraps it up for the Family Feud Sports Podcast, our weekly fantasy football deep sleepers and waiver wire ads podcast. I'm your host Chris Dell, the Mad Journalist. With me, as always, the Godfather, Mr. Allen Dell. We'll catch you next time. Peace out. Nevertheless, I still write like a mad journalist in the heart of the funk abyss. Who is this? It's the family feuding, baby mama drama. Got the family losing, smoking, back. Out the front door fuming. I was just a student, now you look like food. Hunger got me moving, starving artists too. I'm just being human, I'm a human being. I might start a movement, like the Carter two. When my bitch catch me cheating. Go shop for shoes. I'm getting even, now I'm getting even more than that. More than that. Yeah. Switch pie, I want more than half. Yeah. Two say I want more than that. More than that. Hot and ready like you ordered that. By the time you try to leave the nigga, I was already done being with you. Me and me gotta fight a nigga, baby, that's the door, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Pack up and take a demons with you. Make sure. Make sure I'm done dealing with yeah. you. Whoa. Steve. Bitch, the family feuding, baby mama drama, got the family losing, smoking backwards, out the front door fuming, I was just a student, now you look like foodie, hunger got me moving, I was starving too, I never bothered, but I could have been a Harvard student, I was hardly stupid, but I was young and foolish, awesome ways to use, family feuding. Let me ask something, this because I ain't never asked Kentucky. What is it that you love about me? You're tall, you bald, rich, you dress well, you're funny, you're standing next to me, you're cute, everything. You know, I don't know. I just, I didn't want to sing too loud, because I don't want to wake up Robert and Nancy. My throat's sore. I've had a sore throat for a month and a half. And this is not an acoustic environment that's suitable to request this from me.